When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings Vet Line. And now, he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on Earth. This Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rants with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North. <laughs> How about that for an intro, Randy? That was a Phil Mackey creation, by the way. I, I don't have the capabilities to uh, to throw. Actually, I do have the capabilities. I, should, I shouldn't sell myself short. But that was a Phil Mackey uh, creation there with the little realistic Randy uh, intro there for Purple Daily. That is way too much pressure. My God. <laughs> but thank you, Phil, for putting that together. Uh, well, welcome in, man. This is the debut episode. This is Realistic Randy Rants. That's my boy, Randy. I'm Declan. This is part of the new Purple Daily and Score North Network of Viking shows. So we've expanded from Mackey and Judd and Purple Daily, of course. We now have Realistic Randy Ranch dropping every Monday right here on this YouTube channel. And, of course, on Purple Daily's podcast feed, Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, a central hub for everything you do. Uh, Randy, you were with us uh, last year kind of for some af- After Dark episodes on Tuesday nights. Uh, but now this is now shifting to a Monday afternoon show. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing the show, obviously, for the next five weeks before the season starts. Uh, but then this will then be the same thing the Monday after the game. Plenty of takes, plenty of reaction to get to. Uh, Randy, before we get into uh, our, our top topic here, just give the audience a little background of who you are and how long you have been a miserable Vikings fan like the rest of us. Give us a little backstory on who you are for people who haven't discovered you before. So I've been talking Vikings since, I think, 2016 on the YouTube channel. I called into Vikings Vent Line during the old 1500 days. Uh, 1500 ESPN. And honestly, I'm no longer miserable, Declan. That, that, those days are behind me now. I have seen the light. I am super positive, super optimistic. I don't know who it is that you're talking about as far as miserable Vikings fan, because that guy is no longer here. I am pumped up. I am jacked up. And let me tell you something right now. We as Vikings content creators, and Vikings fans especially, we're guilty of this every offseason. And not just Vikings fans, but fans across the league. We're all guilty of this every offseason to say, okay, this year, oh my God, we can finally get over the hump. This is finally going to be our year. I'm not going to say that. But what I will say is that I am absolutely fired up for this season. And the reason why is because this roster is so talented. The talent on this roster is here. It has been here for years. But the key here, the difference here, is coaching. Kevin O'Connell, to me, seems to be a guy who gets it. And when I say gets it, I don't mean that this is rocket science. I mean, you have a superstar wide receiver. Your wide receiver, too. If health isn't an issue, you have one of the best tandems in the league. 
You, your wide receiver three last year had a sensational season. He's only going to get better. You have a tight end that we're all banking on having his breakout year. And you have one of the best running backs in football. Kevin O'Connell, I think he embraces not trying to have this mold to fit all these players in, but say, I'm going to look at each individual player and how can I put them in a position to succeed and for us together to win games. Maximized offense, the defense with this pass rush of Zadari Smith and Daniil Hunter is going to be anything other than a disaster. So maximized offense, defense, even if average, is going to be better than it was last year and the year before that. The 2021 Vikings, Vikings Declan, eight of their nine losses were within one score. That's coaching. Because of that, maximized defense, better maximized offense, better defense. I see the Vikings going 11 and six. Wow. Your thoughts? I love it. Wow. There's the opening rant right there. 11 and six expectations. Uh, Randy, before I, before I give you my expectation, just a quick, just a quick question for you. Were you this excited though? Uh, what, seven, eight years back when Zim, were you this enthused? Do you remember being, you were younger, obviously, too, but were you, were you this enthused when Mike Zimmer was hired and in, in going into 2014? I was, because we needed that change. Mm-hmm. Les Frazier clearly wasn't the head coach, and I was just saying to myself, we need a quarterback, we got Teddy Bridgewater, the whole, my gosh, the whole Christian Ponder days and the Matt Castle and the Josh Freeman carousel. Luckily, that was <laughs> over with. But I said, we just need some fresh blood with this coaching staff. And I thought Mike Zimmer coming in and Bengals fans, defensive coordinator coming from Cincinnati, Bengals fans, they love Mike Zimmer. Yeah. I said, okay, you can really tell as far as how good a player or a coach is based on how the fans react once that player or coach leaves. And they say, oh, my God, we're going to miss him. We wish he were still here. So I was super excited. And after that first year, you saw the difference. The Vikings, they went, what, 7-9, and if I'm not mistaken, in 2014. But you saw the difference, and if nothing else, the defense. And then I said, okay, we got something going here. 2015, you make it to the playoffs. And if not for Blair Walsh, who I was screaming long before wide left, I was like, we need to get rid of this guy. 2015, you made the playoffs. All right, wide left happened. We're going to bounce back. Then 2016, I don't want to go down this carousel. But each year after 2015, I just got in the spirit, beat the hell out of me. So, yes, I am guilty of being excited in 2014, the Mike Zimmer arrival. But this just feels different to me. It does feel different, and I, I think that's what's more exciting. I'm, I'm with you that when Mike Zimmer was hired, I was like, ah, oh, it just needed, right? Like, it's, it's overdue. The Vikings' defense wasn't good anymore. He has a defensive background. I'm, I'm excited for this, and let's see where it takes us, I guess. With Kevin O'Connell, yeah, there's definitely, and personalities help drive this a little bit too, but he's just more outgoing. He's just more straightforward. He's not your grizzled football vet who has been spit up and, and shoot out like Mike Zimmer was up until that point. I mean, the guy had bounced around, felt like he had deserved head coaching opportunities years prior, and finally gets it into his late 50s. Good for him, has a great eight-year run. Uh, but with the Vikings now, to your point, they're running it back. Whether for better or worse, they will run this back. And if and if it, all things go according to plan, I think your 11-6 and six kind of record is probably their ceiling. or That is a realistic expectation. Their ceiling could be whatever it is, but the, the expectation is if he maximizes the offense, the defense has a healthy Daniil Hunter and turns things around, they should be hopefully league average. And then the Vikings take a step forward after being unlucky last year, and they become, yeah, a double-digit win team that potentially wins the North and obviously is in the playoff fold. 
Uh, I think those are the expectations. Mine uh, for for this season, and I have voiced this with some Ventline fans uh, during our offseason episodes, my expect, my just borderline expectation, and, and however the record falls, I won't say is irrelevant, but this is just my number one expectation for me, is the Vikings finally have a top five offense. Finally have a top five offense. It's been, it's been too damn, like, just unfortunately disappointing that the last two seasons they've had so many good players in their offense and they've been like 14th and 11th in points scored and like yards gained. I don't care about yards gained. (laughs) Like the the yards are kind of not irrelevant, but how many points are you scoring dudes here? Like what are are you actually putting up the uh, the numbers you should be when you're in the red zone and all that stuff? Are you being efficient? Can he finally get them to be a top five offense? And to be honest, like, Again, to go back to the wins and loss thing being irrelevant, if you're a track meet offense and you're putting up a lot of mm-hmm. points, I'm okay with that on Sunday. I'm not going to say the outcome doesn't matter, and I hope they put up more Ws than they put up losses, but I want to watch an offense that can just fly. And the way the way that offense have evolved with the Chiefs and the Bills and how other teams have gotten creative, Lamar Jackson with the Ravens, I mean, hell, Jalen Hurts with the Eagles, they've threw out their entire playbook and said, you're our offense now, for the lack of better words, go figure it out on your own. Just the way the offenses have trended in general, I want to see the Vikings have a top five offense. That is my minimal expectation. Then after th- everything after that, the, you know, the, the linear plan, um, after that, we'll figure that out. But my expectation is a top five offense for the Vikings in 2022. And wherever the chips fall, so be it. Whether they make a deep run in the playoffs or not, that's whatever. But to your point, if this is going to be a track meet offense, whatever you get from the defense is going to be a bonus because – on ESPN, I think they had the Vikings as the fourth best collection of playmakers. They're one of the top playmakers in the league. Who else would you take ahead of the Vikings? Not many. Yeah. So with that said, if you have a coach that can exploit weaknesses, and going back to the wins and losses point, eight of your nine losses were within one score. The only game that you got beat the hell up was against the Packers at Lambeau Field where Kirk Cousins wasn't even playing. But in those tight-knit games, coaching is key. It's a, it's a chess match from that point on. And I think Kevin O'Connell, he's going to at least make it to where in those eight losses, we can at least win 40%, maybe even 50% of those games instead. So I think this is going to be a fun year. Wherever the chips may fall, so be it. But as long as we see this team maximizing its potential to where, my God, dude, the last – Going back to the 2017 NFC NFC Championship game and beyond, up through last year, every single time I watched this team, I said, how are they going to screw up? (laughs) What are they going to do that's going to be so stupid to where we get our bloods boiling and just blood pressure going through the roof? What are they going to do that's so stupid? Wins or losses, whatever happens, I think this team is in good hands with Mm -hmm. this head coach. Yeah, man. And and it's needed. And I'm excited to see what he gets out of the offense, where he takes some Sean McVay and, and brings over to the Vikings. Um, quickly here, let, let me ask you this. Do, is there the next gear to Kirk, right? Because I, I think that's that's the talker here. Like, is Kirk Cousins indeed going to rise up? Or is he 34 years old and in that, you know, tier three, maybe tier two quarterback range? All these quarterback rankings that are coming out kind of have him between that 15th and 13th range. No one has him as really a top 10 guy to a, to a degree in terms of visual rankings. You know, there's statistics and perception that say, no, he is a top 10 guy in these categories. But in general, overall perception is he's not a top 10 quarterback. He's a fine quarterback. You can get a buy with him. You need things around him to be the best. 
But do you think that Kevin O'Connell actually gets something out of him that maybe Mike Zimmer hasn't been able to get out of him in, in his previous tenure um, as, as the Vikings quarterback? Absolutely, because it's a system league. We have those handful of quarterbacks, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady, that can really put the team on their back and carry the team, will their team to victory when asked to do so. But that's the luxury. That's not the norm. The norm is, listen, you have a quarterback. If he's top 10 to top 15, so be it. How can you make a system work around him? And I think I saw this stat for the 2021 Vikings. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Vikings, they were top three, maybe number one in three and outs last yeah, year. They were. Something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did a personal count on that, Declan. As far as the three and outs where they ran the ball on second and long, 22 times. 22 times. And so a coach, a coach that knows what the hell he's doing with the players that he has on his roster – And make no mistake about it. If you're running the ball on second and long consistently, that means on first down, you're just trying to chip away. Yep. Second down, you're trying to chip away again to set yourself up more often than not in third and long situations. So that pass that you're going for on third and long becomes this monumental pressure. Just, oh my God, let's just hopefully not screw up to where second and long, go throw the damn ball. Try to get closer to where you can get a third and short situation. So little things like that, putting Kirk in situations to where he can succeed. And if we look at, okay, quarterbacks that overachieve, Jimmy Garoppolo. My God, this dude has a career record of 33 and 14. He's nowhere near better than Kirk Cousins. He's not on Kirk Kirk Cousins' level. Matthew Stafford, before he got to L.A., never won a playoff game in Detroit. Couldn't do anything worth a damn. Jared Goff. In L.A. with Sean McVay, got to the Super Bowl, great record, and he's in Detroit now, and all of a sudden we're looking at him as, well, you know what, maybe he was a bust all along. I think this guy, we just needed a head coach who understands offense because I think going back to 2018 when we saw the Rams, Jarrett Goff Rams, I was saying, man, we could be that team, that high-octane offense, just put the pedal to the metal, don't stop. That type of offense, that could be us. And that could have been us for years. And I think that can be us right now with Kirk Cousins. The dude, even with shoddy coaching, he always throws for 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns. Now you have a coach that knows what he's doing on offense. Man, please, I think this is the system that we finally need where Kirk, I think there is another level to Kirk Cousins. I know necessarily you don't think that, you don't think that way. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think he is who he is, and that that's a guy who can make all the throws and has a has a durability factor that that is worth celebrating. Um, but I think the the area that he can be unlocked is his mental state, and this is hard though. Like right, that, like it's one thing when you're 34 years old and just in general, uh, unless you're Tom Brady, you're eating kale and sleeping in the, a cyborg machine like every night. Like your body just breaks down. And you're not as good as you were when you're 24 compared to when you're 34. But can you change someone else's thinking? Like, can you change the mindset from Kirk of being like, hey, don't take the check down here. We have to go for a kill shot. We have to go for a big play. We can get we can get points right here. We can get a big play right here. You have to be able to have the mindset to do it. And to Kirk, that's a little risky to him, right? Like, he doesn't want to necessarily make a risky play that could change the outcome or could maybe be a Matthew Stafford where it throws a pick, could shipwreck the game. But also, like, if you get it in there right, 
we're going to march right back down the field and we're going to be taking control of this game. I think that's where I am. I have questions if Kevin O'Connell can indeed do it. If he can do it, if he can unlock the mental part of Kirk's game, then all right, all bets are off. This dude's going to take an, uh, a step forward. I think physically I know who he is. He's not going to change who he is physically. But mentally, can he take the next step that he hasn't been able to do before, which and he kind of sometimes has a lot of these excuses built into his brain. Uh, so can, he, can Kevin O'Connell get rid of those excuses, maximize those, and if that is the case, then yes, I think we're talking about a top 10 guy and a guy who lives up to the contract, and ha- we have a lot less negative things to say if Kevin O'Connell is able to do it and get that kind of quarterback out of him. That's my expectations for him. I think your biology is who you are. He's not going to change. What you can do as a head coach is better support your player. So if there's any better example as far as the restriction that Kirk Cousins was under, week 18 last year against the Bears, Justin Jefferson, the final possession, he has a chance to break Randy Moss's record. And if your quarterback is allowed to say, screw it, I'm going to take over this team. I'm the leader here. He's going to give his wide receiver a chance to break that record. And what did they do? They took a knee. If that doesn't tell you the restrictions that he was under, I don't know what else to say because to me, Kevin O'Connell, I feel like he's going to, and some people are like this way. You can't say, you know what? Just be that alpha dog. Have that dog in him. Just take over the team and just really just shout out to the rooftops everything that's going to happen, some players aren't built like that. That's just not in their biology. What you can do is say, I believe in you, Kirk. Whatever you see here, maybe we'll let you audible out of plays, the original plays that we're giving you the call. We'll give you the free. Has he ever audible with the Vikings? I don't think he ever has. But stuff like that to where you could say, you know what? Whatever you feel in your gut, go for it. Because what I will say in Kirk's defense is whenever – he gets shots taken at him, whether it's Zach Brown from the Philadelphia Eagles in 2019, who was talking a bunch of junk, saying it's Kirk Cousins, we're not afraid of him. And I was there at U.S. Bank Stadium, and Kirk and Stephon Diggs, they went all the way off. Or whether it's Cam Jordan, those playoffs, he goes on, oh, my gosh, what's this, Rich Eisen? Is it Rich Eisen's yeah. show? Yep. He got on there and said, oh, where are we? Kirk Cousins, he started laughing and doing all this stuff, and he went in the Superdome and won that game. Kirk Cousins, to me, seems to be a guy that's just all shucks. I don't want to cause any issues. But you know what? Everyone has that line in the sand where if you cross Mm -hmm. it, they show up. I think Kevin O'Connell understands the player that Kirk Cousins is mentally and physically to say, listen, we got your back. Do what you see fit. Absolutely. Hey, before we get into some other uh, individual expectations for some players, a shout out to our friends at uh, Brainerd International Raceway, which is hosting uh, the Lucas Oil Nationals uh, this uh, or a couple, a couple weeks from now, August 18th to the 21st. You can get your tickets for this event at BIRMN.com. Come, kids come with a pit pass. You can be on the track with them. It's going to be an awesome time at Brainerd International Raceway again, the Lucas Oil Nationals. August 18th through the 21st at Brain International Raceway, B-I-R-M-N.com to learn more there. Also, I have friends at Underdog Fantasy. Randy, are you, an, are you a fantasy football guy? Just oh, yes. Yeah? yeah? Okay. So I, I was not a fantasy football dude for a long time. Like I, I, I was for a long time, and then I got out of it. Like I did it for like seven, eight years, high school dynasty league with all my boys, and then eventually I won the league in like 2015. And I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Like I, I, I won the league, long way to get there. 
but I'm out. I want to go, what, it, what what is it like without having to play fantasy football? And to be honest, I kind of was content. I even used to say one of the best sins I ever made in life was quitting fantasy football. I used to honestly say that because I, I didn't have to be paralyzed by lineup settings, by the draft, by waiver orders, by bye weeks. Like, it, it, it gets annoying, right? Well, what I love about underdog is you draft the players. You draft, you do the normal round, which is the most fun. Everyone knows the best part about fantasy football season is the draft time. And then they will set the best possible lineup for you. So you want to take two quarterbacks, they will just automatically play the best quarterback. You want to draft five wide receivers, they will play the best two wide receivers in your lineup. It's 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 no management. They manage it for you, which is what I love. And you can awesome. do daily, you can do season-long stuff. Uh, if you're interested at Underdog Fantasy, you can join with promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R. Uh, it's in the link of our YouTube bio right now. S-K-O-R, they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Also, some great pick options and other things that they offer, too. So, Underdog Fantasy, shout out to them. Uh, you sent me over a note that could Justin Jefferson be a guy who finally kind of eclipse not just the Viking season record of like of wide receiving, but be a 2,000-yard wide receiver. Do you legitimately think Justin Jefferson has it in him to go for 2,000 yards and be honestly one of the best wide receiver single seasons we've ever seen? Well, it is a note that I sent over, and let's be clear about something. This isn't my idea. This is his goal <laughs> that he has. I want to eclipse 2K. And I got to be honest, before this morning when I was getting prepped for today's show, I had a take to where I said, I don't know, man. I, I I am very optimistic about this season. I think he will lead the league in receiving yards, Justin Jefferson. But 2K, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Because Kirk Cousins, he's going to throw for 4K automatically every single year. Can you expect Jefferson to account for half, 50% of that production? That's a lot to ask for. But then I did a little bit more digging. Who has Jefferson been compared to this entire offseason ever since Kevin O'Connell came to town? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, exactly. Cooper Cup, I looked at his stats, last year, 2021, 1,947 yards, 53 away from 2K. I said, okay, I, I think Jefferson's the best receiver in the league. Amplified offense, maybe it's possible. Let me look at Stafford's numbers. Stafford last year, almost 4,900 yards throwing. So it makes sense. With that said, if Jefferson is going to hit 2K, I think it's possible. I don't I don't know if I have it in me to say yay or nay. I guess if I have to lean one way, I will say yes. But if Jefferson is going to hit 2K, that means Cousins, he's going to have to go beyond 4K passing. He's going to have to hit anywhere between 47 and 4,800 yards. I think it's very possible that Jefferson gets 2,000 yards receiving. I mean, it, it's it's unheard of in today's or in the past in the previous incarnation of the NFL, but with the way it's trending now, like guys like Cooper Cup, like look, Cooper Cup is a good wide receiver. I think even going into last year, like yeah, he's probably a top ten guy, pretty good. No one saw him having the season he did last year, though, right? Like no one saw him being the no. triple crown wide receiving leader with receptions, receiving yards, touchdowns. And let's be honest too, this is where again credit Cooper Cup, he's good. But Justin Jefferson has proved in the first two years like he is legitimately one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And he already is on a fast track than that Cooper Cup ever was before him. So do I think he can get to 2,000 yards? Is, does it, is it in him? Yes. Do I think realistically it's probably going to shake out that way? Probably not. But man, I mean, I think what, I, I do believe him when he says, I'm going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL by the end of this season. I do believe him there. You know, he says he gives credit to Devontae Adams. Hey, 
I guess if, if we're going longevity and what he's been able to do with Rodgers, and I know he's with Derek Carr now, yeah, Devontae Adams probably going into this season is the best wide receiver. He has the numbers and the respect to back it up. But I think when it's all said and done after this season, I think it. I don't think there will be won't be up for much of a date, debate anymore. I think Justin Jefferson is indeed your best wide receiver in the NFL and has another monster season. I mean, he is just a game changing player that fell to the Vikings' lap essentially. Honestly, kind of similar to Randy Moss. Different situations why they fell in the draft for sure, but he is a game changing player and a player too that has morphed into a leader now. I mean, he's in year three and he just the way he talks about things and and, and his expectations and whatnot. I think it's pretty impressive. Uh, Randy, what were, what were your thoughts on the whole, you know, Judd made a big deal out of it. Some people said it wasn't a big deal. Curious your thoughts on Kirk Cousins opting to not necessarily work out with his wide receivers like J.J. was talking about when he was off the field the other day. I don't know if you saw that story that he was asked if, hey, did, did Kirk work out with you guys in the offseason? I think J.J. and Osborne and a few of them, you know, were working out and stuff. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on Kirk not being a part of that? Was that a big deal or no big deal to you? I think this is a nothing burger. It's the off season. And by the way, Cousins, there was a photo of him working out in the off season with KJ Osborne, and I can't remember who else. It's not like he doesn't want to work out with his receivers in the off season. He has shown that he will do it, but once in a while, hey, I want to spend time with my family. For sure. It's the off season. I don't think this is anything to raise hell about. The fact that this was news was shocking to me. I think this is an absolute nothing burger. Let him spend time with his family. Who cares? Yeah. I, I mean, part of me, I get, I get where people are coming from to a degree, because like he's he's the year five of the quarterback, his fifth year as a quarterback of the Vikings. He's been around for ten years, and and he's got a stigma of kind of a me first kind of dude. So I, I do feel like if he was able to get out of that trend to a degree, like it might change a little bit perception of him. But at the end of the day, like does it really matter? Like that he wasn't throwing to JJ. He, they hooked up with him for a hundred and twenty grabs last season. Like all right. in all. Is it going to stunt the growth of Justin Jefferson or prevent this offense from going to the top five? Probably not. Probably not going to make any no. any set, sense of the matter. But I do think there was an opportunity sometimes where Kirk can buck a trend, like a perception trend. That's where I was just talking about with you, with Kevin O'Connell, changing his mindset a little bit. That if he changes that kind of stuff, then I do think he gets a lot more credit and a lot more respect among fans. I'm with you, though. I think at the end of the day, it's mostly a nothing burger. Uh, I agree. Irv Smith, let's we'll stay on the offense here before we go to the defense. Irv Smith, man, I mean, great rookie season, like kind of kind of flashed a little bit there. Battled some injuries in his second season. Only stays on the field, I think, for eight ten games. Last year's having a hell of a cam, and it looks like all right. We're talking about Irv Smith being the breakout player for the Vikings on the offense this year. Dude, unfortunately, tears his meniscus towards the end, misses all of two thousand twenty one. Now he's entering a contract year. Um, what are your realistic expectations for Irv Smith uh, this season for the Vikings? But the thing is, Judd was mentioning this last season when we were on Purple After Dark that he saw it in training camp. And we all saw it in the preseason where we said, oh, this is going to be the breakout year for Irv Smith Jr. The first two years, Kyle Rudolph was atop of the pecking order at tight ends. Last year, there was no one in his way. Rudolph went to New York. Okay, this is when it's finally going to happen. And then he gets hurt. Like you mentioned, no one's in his way. He's the tight end one. And if health is no issue anymore, I think he's going to have his breakout season. As far as yardage, because, I mean, (laughs) Jefferson's going to get 2K. And that's the thing, I guess, just taking a few steps back. Not only is it going to be difficult baseline for Jefferson to hit 2K, but also because of the amount of weapons that Cousins has to throw to. You have Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, 
now Irv Smith Jr. Dalvin Cook, he's going to line up wide. He's going to be involved in the passing game. So Irv Smith Jr., I'm going to say, I'm going to say 1,000 yards. I'm going to say 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. Okay. So the curious part too um, with, with with Herb here is if he has a season like that, let's just use that I guess as um, as the expectation. He gets a thousand yards, you know, sixty seventy grabs, nice little red zone guy, and now he's entering the contract year. Do you think the Vikings play hardball? Because that's the problem here. Like if he has yeah. the big year, he's going to be like, well, I fi- I know I battled injuries the last two seasons, but I I had the year that everyone's been asking me to have, and I want this amount of money per. You know, do the Vikings have the opportunity to sign him or do they just say, hey, bye bye tight ends important, but there's also only really like four to five guys that are elite at the position. Then there's just a huge drop off. Um, Is that something that eventually maybe prevents them long term? And this is a good problem to have, by the way, right? Like if Herb Smith has this season, we're talking about a a potential problem down the road. But I am curious on his future with the Vikings, because if he has like the big season that we're expecting to have, does he end up pricing himself out and the Vikings aren't able to sign him? I think the Vikings should play hard to get come contract negotiations time. You still have to pay Justin Jefferson, too. I mean, there's a lot on the Vikings' plate. But I guess, conversely, this plays into Irv Smith Jr.'s favor. Like you just mentioned, there's only four or five elite tight ends out there. And potentially, Irv Smith Jr., he can join that class. And if that is the case, you don't let him go. Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel like the Vikings are going to find themselves in between a rock and a hard place. Health has been the number one issue for this guy. Maybe you go the route of, goodness, I mean, Daniil Hunter. What was it, last year there was a bit of a holdout situation, and maybe you signed him to a one-year contract extension or maybe a two-year deal with the second year being a player option, a prove-it deal for him. I just don't see how the Vikings can just go, all right, screw it. We're going to give you a four to five year deal. One of the best tight ends paid in the league. We'll go ahead and give that to, he has to prove himself first before he gets that long-term contract. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to project. Uh, I'm, I hope he has the big year. You know, I, 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 what what we saw from him when he flashed his rookie season, you could see like, oh man, like this is great. This he'll join that next era of tight ends of Travis Kelsey's and Rob Gronkowski, who is still there. Like, this is going to be awesome for the Vikings. They're going to have a legitimate tight end, just like the rest of them. Um, And then he obviously got, got hurt and whatnot. But yeah, also within the stew of this offense, where does his targets come from? How many does he get? Is he just more of a red zone guy? Like Vasante Shanko never put up big receiving numbers, but the dude was just a beast in the red zone for Favre and T-Jack, right? Like you just knew if you're inside the 20, just throw it five, 10 yards and Vasante is going to have the separation and, and get the touchdown for you. Is he that kind of player? But he's he's such a freak athlete that he seems like a guy that you can utilize down the field. Like he's not your classic big bulky tight end. Like hey, throw me the ball and I'll fall down. Like the dude's got some speed to him. He's got some size. He has insane athleticism. You'd like to think that there's even more to his game. He's like honestly probably like one of the more fascinating players to watch in the offense because we know everyone else is there, right? We know Kirk Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, but like where does Herb Smith fit into that offense and how well does he perform in 2022? Well, I think because Thielen and Jefferson naturally stretch the field, K.J. Osborne can do the same. You've got, I don't want to say dump off passes, the check downs, because Irv Smith Jr. is way better than just a five to seven yard air thrown type of player. He can go a little bit further than that. But to the point of the underneath, he can be underneath 
but not so much so close to the line of scrimmage. This dude can catch the ball with everyone else stretching the field. He can catch the ball 10 or, or 11 yards away. So he's a big play receiver. To me, he's a wide receiver that just so happens to play tight end. I think, and I love Asante Shanko, <laughs> Irv Smith Jr., this is something different. Yep. And with the defense, you have to pick your poison. Everyone's going to be locked in on Jefferson. Thielen's going to be out there, Osborne. Someone's going to get one-on-one coverage. And you have to think, more often than not, a linebacker, I would imagine, is going to be covering Irv Smith Jr. He's going to be covering 84. You have to go there every single time. So I think he's very capable of having a big year within, underneath, 10 or 11 yards minimum. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch him. I think he's going to be, a, be an awesome player to watch in the, in the Vikings offense this season. Uh, transitioning to the defensive side of the ball, though, Randy. So uh, today on Purple Daily, Mackie Judd and myself were just talking about, I mean, how good Daniil Hunter was for the Vikings defense when he was healthy last year, not obviously how good he is as a player overall, but when they lost him, that defense just stunk, right? Like it, it was fine those first eight games of the season. It was top 10 in a lot of major categories outside of the run defense, but then after they lost him to the in the Cowboys game, everything just went right downhill. That defense looked as bad as it was in 2020, um, and now they've kind of had to retool it on the fly a little bit here. Uh, just kind of give me your overarching expectations for the Vikings defense. Like, do you, do you think that they can take a significant step? Is it going to be a gradual kind of step-by-step process where they're able to build it back up? What are your expectations for the defense this year? I think they should be close to league average, Ben, but don't break. You have Daniel Hunter. You added Zadarius Smith. And I want to actually do a bigger picture here. So going into camp, the two positional units that there were the biggest concerns about was offensive line and cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Well, Cam Dantzler so far has had a great camp up to this point. The pads come on this week. He's had a great camp. So if he's, if he's capable of being a quality starter, that really alleviates a ton of question marks there in that aspect. Chandon Sullivan, I still, I'm a little bit iffy on at the slot corner, but you have Cam Bynum there as an emergency spot. So going below that, linebackers, I feel good about what we've got. Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks inside, Hunter Smith outside. You go beyond that. P2, he was solid last year. I expect nothing less this time around. Cam Dantzler, Cam Bynum, if he can play slot. Or if Chandon Sullivan just makes me look like an idiot, I'm okay with that too. And then on the back end, the deep center field spots, you've got Hitman and Lewis Seen. The questions that I have on this defense, as far as why I'm not willing to go all out. Oh, first of all, you're going to a 3-4 from a 4-3, so there's a lot of changes there, but also the defensive line. Dalvin Tomlinson, I feel great about. Nose tackle, he's going to be fantastic. Outside of that, the other two defensive linemen, Harrison Phillips, and before I get into that, is there any question that he's already a lock to be the Vikings nominee for Walter Payton Man yeah. of the Year? Yeah. This, he is, <laughs> I mean, my God, just as far as human beings, this is a great man. I love what he's doing in the community ever since he got signed. My God. Yeah. But this is the first time he's tasked with being a full-time starter. Mm-hmm. And then third defensive lineman, is it Armand Watts? Yeah. Is it Jalen Wyman? Right. Two of those three defensive line, I've got questions about, which means if I'm an opposing offensive coordinator, I'm going to smack at the run game. I, I really am. I think there are going to be issues with the run defense. This pass rush, 
I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on them because if you can, if you can just get the opposing offense in third and long situations, then that puts the defense in a position to where, okay, the pass rush, they can get after it. And the back end, I feel good about. But third and short situations to where, okay, a quick pass here to where the pass rush, there's not enough time for them to get after the quarterback, or you can run the ball with the running back. I, I, I'm a little bit hesitant with that. But with that said, the pass rush and the back end, I feel really good about. I think they're going to be close to a league average defense. I'll say no worse than 18th. Yeah, I, I kind of had their ceiling at like 18th because I, I just I don't okay. know how they can make a, a big jump from like 30th to top 10 overnight. I actually said the same thing going into last year. It's like, you know, they were, I think, 28th, 29th in 2020. And I was like, there's no way, even if Daniil comes back healthy, like you just don't make a jump 30, 20, 30 spots. You just won't. Like it, it, it can't happen like that overnight. I think also the Vikings, Vikings fans got kind of spoiled, right? Like we had... If you grew up as a fan, um, and if you're, you know, I'm, I'm 29 years old, so like if you grew up a fan in the early 2000s and whatnot, like you got the Williams Wall, which was an amazing, yeah, historically man. great run stuffing defense. And even after those guys left, you got Linval Joseph, so you're still pretty damn good at stuff in the run. And then that all came unglued in 2020, right? Like Linval, you moved on from, he just wasn't the player he was anymore. Um, and then all of a sudden teams started running up the Vikings gut like crazy. And we haven't experienced that, right? Like I think it became such part of the DNA, like, oh, they'll stop the run. Like it's, and also when when we're talking about running backs and the running game, the NFL, just, it's not really a priority, right? So you kind of just like sleep on it and forget about it. Like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. But when you're giving up 140 yards per game on the ground, well, now that's a pretty damn big deal. Like that, that now, now that makes their offense that much more easier to, to attack the Vikings defense because all they have to do is just run it up, quick little passes here, quick little strikes here, keep them gashed, keep them on the field a long time, and then they're going to score, right? Like that's that's going to be the opposing team's mindset against the defense. So hopefully the Harrison Phillips, the Dalvin Tomlinson, the new scheme, yes, it changes some things. You know, I'm not in love with paying a lot of money to the defensive tackles. Like, I think they're paying Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Thompson like almost $20 million per combined, which is just kind of like from a cap spending standpoint. For me, I'm like, I think there's more effective ways to spend at that position. But at the same time, you had to get better at it somehow, right? So you're probably yeah. going to overpay in free agency and ask those players to do more than they're supposed to do. But I think expectation-wise, they have to minimum. They just have to be elite at getting after the quarterback. Like, if Zadarius Smith yes. and Daniil Hunter... Um, and how they scheme all that up. If they can get after the quarterback, like at, again, a top five, top 10 rate, that defense should be fine. Like you should, it's been not break to your point. You should be able to win enough football games. You should be able to be taken seriously to a degree. If they can't get after the quarterback, it's going to be awful. Like it, it, even, even if, even if they're league average, like let's say, you know, I think they finished like, I think actually they finished like seventh or eighth in sack percentage last season. But like if, if they are worse, like if they are 15th and Zadarius Smith and Daniil are fine or there's injuries and they're missing time on the field, that defense can be just as bad as it was the last two years. Um, my expectations for those cornerbacks you talked about in Cam Bynum, or excuse me, uh, Cam Dantzler and whatnot, like if Dantzler takes the step forward of being, uh, being cornerback one, all right, that solves one issue. Andrew Booth was supposed to be a first-round player. He just fell because he got hurt t- towards the end of the combine and stuff. But like if, if both those guys take steps forward – you have enough veteran leadership behind them, like in Harrison Smith, the Eric Kendricks of the world. I think league average should be the expectation for that defense. And if and if they can get up to there, I'll take that. Like if you have a if you can promise me like fifth best offense and points scored, and to your point, eighteenth in defense, 
Yeah, that's probably a 10-11 win football team. Oh, yeah, 100%. Easily, right? Like, it'd be yeah. pretty surprising if they didn't win double-digit games. So it, it's going to be a work in progress in the defense, and it's not as a sexy as a thing to talk about because you didn't, you didn't hire a defensive-style coach, and, and in general, it's going to take a little bit to piece everything back together. But I think expectation-wise, that defense, if they get after the quarterback at an elite rate, should be okay. And I think Ed Donatel is going to do a great job with the players that he has to work with. And maybe this is this is just me speaking anecdotally, but I feel like three, four defenses, more often than not, if nothing else, they're just faster than the four, three sets. And with this pass rush that now, like you said, if the pass rush isn't there, then the defense just blow it all up. But that's not to be expected because Daniel Hunter, when healthy, is one of the best edge rushers in the game. And you add Zadari Smith combined, they can get 30 sacks total combined between the two of them. That pass rush is going to be legit. That's why I'm saying the pressure is going to be on them to make this defense go because the run defense, I believe, is going to struggle. Now, if the run defense can, I mean, match the effectiveness of the pass rush, then, oh, my God, let's celebrate right now. Let's campaign, print the shirts. But that's a little bit too much to be expected in year one. But I think Ed Donatel, that Fangio-like defense that he's bringing from Denver, if nothing else, they're going to be very fast and they'll close on the football. I think last point, too, on, on this defensive side is I, I actually really applaud Kevin O'Connell for being like, hey, all right, my, my MO is offense, right? I'm younger. I'm probably going to be a little inexperienced, right? I'm going to be learning on the job to a degree. Let me hire someone who knows what they're doing. Ed Donatello, right? Like your classic NFL veteran DC, been around the block a ton. He's probably a little bit more grizzled, a little bit more old school, but you know what? Head source that out to someone else. Like Kevin O'Connell, oversee it. Obviously, don't ignore it. Don't be the, don't be the counterpoint of Zimmer where you're just ignoring offense, which is what Mike Zimmer did. But he sourced that out to someone and said, "Hey, I trust you. You know what you're doing. Go out and do it." Right? Like last year, Mike Zimmer said, "Hey, I'm going to hand over my offense to Clint Kubiak because I don't really care about offense." Like, well, hold on here. Like, just because his last name's Kubiak and we're running the same type of scheme his dad did, and I'm sure his dad can give him all the pointers in the world. Are we, is he ready for this? Is he ready to do this? And I think with Kevin O'Connell hiring someone like Ed Donatel, that's the opposite. Like that, that, that's good. Like you're hiring someone who's been there and done that. And I think it'll pay dividends to that defense who are the veteran players, and even the rookies too. Like, so I also, we, we talked about off the top of the show, how can coaching help improve this team? A decision like that to source out something that maybe you're not as familiar with, but you want to uh, want it to be better and have expectations for it. Hiring someone like Ed Donatel and changing up the scheme is probably going to pay off for you. So I, again, bravo to Kevin O'Connell for making those type of choices too. Yes, O'Connell, in fact, in his intro presser, he made it a point to emphasize the collaboration part, the cohesion part of the coaches that he is going to hire within his staff. So even though O'Connell may not understand defense, he, he wants to bring everyone together to where we can all be on the same page. What are your ideas here? Here's what I think of that. I, I just... It just, I don't know, man. We can be guilty, prisoner of the moment. And like you said, well, I was excited about Mike Zimmer in 2014. But the aura, the energy, the vibe throughout the coaching staff, in the locker room, throughout, I just I just feel like good things are to come. I feel like this team is finally in good hands with this coaching staff. I think Ed Donatel is going to do a great job as DC. Hell yeah, man. Well, Randy, that's going to wrap up, I think, our first episode here. Um, 
Any other any last takes here before? We're going to be back by every Monday. So this is not just a every Monday. thing. Every Monday, right around your afternoon, early dinner time. Randy's on the West Coast, so he's out in California for the most part. I'm here back in, in Minnesota and stuff. But, yeah, you can expect this around 4 to 5 o'clock Central Time. Uh, most days in the YouTube channel and the podcast feeds and whatnot. But every Monday, man, I'm, I'm actually excited for games. Dude, we're like for five weeks away. I'm a big Randy. Like I love hockey and I love baseball. I'm I'm finally getting myself into the into, into the wolves a little bit more now that they've made Rudy Gobert. But like, all right, I'm I'm exhausted of not talking about football, and I want football games back. And now that training camps here and pads are on, I'm like, all right, bring me all the football, dude. I'm ready for Sundays. Even like the last few Sundays, like hanging out here in the summer in Minnesota, I'm like, all right, I like golfing, but I'd much rather be like waking up and starting my day with some football. Like I'm ready for that. And we're still like five weeks away, but we're getting closer, dude. And I'm jacked. I'm absolutely jacked. You know, during the off season, we as content creators, we have to think of stuff to talk about, predictions or speculations. Here's what we think is going to happen with the team. But what I love the most is the reactionary phase of football. Mm-hmm. We're damn near in it now. Training camp is here. We get to react to how players look in practice. Sunday football games, we're going to react to the plays of the game, how the players look, how the team perform. That is the best part. And I mean, the Buffalo chicken, it tastes better. The drink tastes better during Sundays. A lot more energy on Sunday morning when I wake up on the West Coast. I'm spoiled. Football starts at 10 a.m. for me. I can't wait, man. We are just about there. And the team is going to be so exciting. The skull chant, all that stuff, man. Bring it on right now. Let's go. Randy, before I wrap up, plug, plug your YouTube channel soon where people can uh, find you at. Search Realistic Randy on YouTube. You can find me there. Twitter, at Realistic underscore Randy. I'm on Instagram. I don't know. I'm not on social media much. I post my thoughts here and there once in a while, and then I log out. But if you search Instagram Realistic Randy, I'll pop up there. But that's where you can find me. All right, Realistic Randy. Check him out. This is Realistic Randy rants every Monday on the Purple Daily YouTube feed. Again, we still have the same mission statement. We all just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota Vikings entertainment. We'll be back at you next Monday.